Warren Buffett once said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest humans on the planet, is famous for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. Notice the common theme here? Successful people never stop learning. You're trying to get your freedom. You're trying to learn how to read. You're trying to escape. Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks. It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. Blog Talk Book Club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress. Let's go, folks. Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 8 a.m. Eastern Book Club call. We do this call every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Central and 5 a.m. Pacific time. And on this call, we talk about a specific, not Pacific, but a specific book. Uh, we call it the book of the moment, not the book of the month, because we read read our books a lot longer than 30 days, kind of. Um, well, I mean, we can finish in 30 days, but a lot of times we go over 30 days because uh just want to give you time to actually read it. Uh, for the for the ones who read, you know, we got three kind of book club members. Let me emphasize that. And you t- check off where you are. You got the book club member that I bought my book and you showing it to everybody. <laughs> no, no, you just bought it. You ain't showing it to everybody. Then the number two member is you bought the book and you're showing it to everybody. You know, before the COVID, you would take it around with you everywhere, you know, to a meeting. You bring it in there and you maybe open it up and read a little bit in front of everybody or you, you have it on the seat of your car or, you know, you show your book. That's number two. And then the third member is the one I think everybody should strive to be is the one who actually buy the book, read it, highlight it, you know, um, you know, apply the information that you read. Those things is what we are trying to get everybody to be, to be that number three member of the book club. Um, because that's the point. That's why we get on these calls every Saturday morning is to talk about the book and to help you uh, implement the information that you are reading, you know. Um, had a conversation with a gentleman about two weeks ago, and, and that was his conversation was he had to realize, uh, which I did, you know, uh, sometimes I need reinforcement of it, but I did years back that everybody is not going to do what they're supposed to do when it comes. Matter of fact, most people don't do what they should do or supposed to do. Most people do what they want to do, whether it's business or reading books or watching TV or dating someone or whatever. You, you, most people do what they want to do, not what they should do and what they, because if that was the case, <clears throat> we all would be eating correctly. We all would be exercising. Um, none of us would smoke because it says right down the package that you shouldn't. So, you know, but we we do what we want to do, not what we should do and need to do. So that's why I always say when I mention those three members of the book club, I, I want you to be number three, but that's on you. You know, and I had to realize that years back that I should not, I shouldn't stop doing this call um, because, 
you know, a lot of people don't choose to do number three. Um, they do one and two, but that's cool, you know, because one thing about it, it helps me a lot. It really is. I, you know, you know, everything counts. Remember that everything you do counts. Every book you read, every book you reread, and every book that you're not reading, um, that counts also. It all totals up. So, you know, every call I've done in my life, every you know, it counts. And so it adds to my um, ability to tell stories. It adds to my um, conversation when I'm sitting down with people. You know, I can talk about certain things that, you know, that I remember from the book club or that I remember from the books, you know. So it does, it adds to my, um, it adds more soldiers, as I talked about the other day, it adds more soldiers uh, to support and bag me, back, you know, to bag my uh, ideas and things of that sort. So when I talk to people, and you know, and just in general conversation a lot, um, it does that. So, that's why we do these book club calls, I tell you, and, and one of the things that we really emphasize is that uh, there's a lot of things that are um, programmed in us from years and years ago, you know, when we were young, uh, from the womb to about age seven, you know. Um, and, you, and I, you know, I say that a lot. Some of y'all might miss that or just it doesn't register. That's why you want to keep reading and and looking at different audios, I mean, videos and audios, because it'll help that register because, you know, you just don't want to hear me say that. See, that's why you need to keep doing other things outside of the book club because you want to get confirmation because you're not going to get that confirmation from your friends. None of them are going to say this stuff that we talk about here. And so in order for you to get confirmation in your body and your mind and your thoughts, you got to hear it other places. And that's why especially the book we're reading now. That's why when you read this book, now this book has, it really should open you up on some of the stuff that you've been thinking and how you've been thinking. It, it's not uh, one of the books that's going to give you a step-by-step on how to do things. That's why we should read different type books, but this one should open you up and, and at least have you thinking about some of the things that's been programmed in us. And, you know, there's some chapters in here I was reading last night, and I said, I bet some of you all, We'll probably skip through it. <laughs> I'm saying it probably some pages that you. When I started reading some of the, you know, I was like, I'm sure some people who have been trained traditionally to think a certain way, uh, this book will scare you almost because he's coming with you know some stuff that are facts, you know. Um, and that's why I said you have to do these things if you want to, you know, change your thinking and, and change the. Um, from being concerned about the status quo and being a part of the system, you have to do that. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a process, man. So I just, I hope that some of you all are, are being a number three book member, a uh, book club member. If not, you still have chance. You still have time to do it. You never know when it, when it, when it might hit you to where the reality kicks in and you're like, man, I need to really do this, you know, um, and really follow the process and steps that they talk about here on the book club call. All right. So we got a replay number, 712-432-1085, 712-432-1085, with the same PIN code, 783357-POUND. And we also have this on the podcast platforms. So we have it on 16 different ones, from Apple to iTunes to Spotify to Breaker. And you can just go on there and put Tony Fleming in and put Mindset, and it'll come up. And the reason we did that was that we know this is not a podcast. We know that the quality of it, you know, you can hear as a conference call, is not – super, you know, duper quality, 
and we're not really interviewing anybody. But you know what? I do have an interview I'm going to put on the podcast pretty soon, man. We're getting it ready, and it's going to be powerful. I'm going to tell you more about it in a little bit. But uh, So we load it on the podcast platform so you have access to it uh, at any time. You can go to it you know, anytime you want, 12 o'clock at night, 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, anytime, and you can listen to all the the podcast. You can listen to all the all the uh particular podcast calls, you know. Uh you know, and I tell you, man, you have to be that person that really wants to uh you know, learn, unlearn and relearn again. I was telling somebody the other day that, you know, when the when the pandemic first hit or when um we first had our lockdown, I guess it was it was um was it February? So maybe in March, because I stopped going to the gym and I just started walking in the neighborhood, and I would go, I would walk, you know, three times a day. And that was a particular podcast that I ran across uh, that I started listening to. And I think I started on 100, and this is me. I'm just telling you how I operate. I think I started on, they had been, that podcast had been around for like a hundred, like a, 130 episodes or something like that, or maybe 140. So I started listening to it on, I think, 20, 120. So I listened to, when I would walk, these were our podcasts, so I would walk three times a day. So that means I listened to three podcasts a day of this particular podcast. And then the next day I listened to three. And then the next day I listened to, you know, and, you know, they were loaded on YouTube, and then when they ran out, I uh, realized that they had put like the last 30 on YouTube, but a hundred and something were someplace else. So I searched it and found the podcast for it actually uh, on the on the podcast app. And then uh, I listened to the rest of the 130 just walking during this uh, lockdown, uh, which was insane to me because, well, it wasn't insane. It was it was enlightening to me that I had a chance to do that and that I could do it while I was walking, which was, you know, one of the things that started me to to kind of doing that exercise years back when I had a condo back in the day. I used to walk outside just to to hear some stuff that I was listening to in the morning. Then the next thing you know, I started walking and then I started exercising. So it kind of put me in that, in that rhythm. But um, I did all 150. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's me now. I promise you probably most of you guys, I don't know how many of y'all went back and listened to, but you got an option to do that. You might want to pick one a day if that's the case instead of, like I did, three a day. Maybe want to pick one a day. And I promise you if you go back and listen to these podcasts, uh, let alone take notes, that you're going to have information uh, that you can use when you have conversations with people. Because the more information you get, the more more conversation you can have that's going to be a little bit different than most people. Uh, and people are looking for that. Now, um, that's a challenge. That's up to you if you want to do that now. But I know that you probably watch something foolish every day, um, and you're going to do that for the next six months. It depends on how bad you want it and how bad you think that or, or really how much you trust this information that it can help you. You know, I try to make it you know, interesting. I try to make it a little funny because I know that you can get bored with it. I try to do things like that, but that's got to be on you to want to change your life and do it. So 
That's an option you have on the podcast. So you can just go now. If you can't, if, you, if you're not savvy enough to go to the app, just text me at six seven eight six four 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 five four one, and I'll send you the uh, the link, and it'll be right on your phone and your message, and you can listen to all of them at any time that you want to do that. You can send me that. Uh, all right, so let's get started. I'm gonna be short today, even because that was a long that was a long intro I just gave, pretty long intro. Uh, but since it's the day after Christmas, hope y'all had a great Christmas on uh, Friday. I know it was different for everybody because you know because of the pandemic, because of COVID, uh, a lot of people didn't. I, but I I also saw a lot of people gathering, so I guess they figured out it was okay. So, but I know a lot of us didn't. At least I didn't. I was the only one here. Uh, my wife is up in Ohio, where I'm usually up there with with their family. But I'm like, Mm-mm. y'all go do that. I'm gonna stay right here. I didn't even go see my mom, which I probably dip in there one day, and just. Uh, but she saw me through uh, through Wells Fargo, so <laughs> she saw me, she saw me right there. So. Uh, so I hope y'all, you know, whatever you did yesterday, enjoyed it. Now we're coming up on the new year, and uh, you know, hopefully, if you if you if you have a business and you've been working your business through this time, because one thing about it, if you just stop altogether and try to start back, it's going to be difficult. Some people just, you know, started a party, and you know, and <laughs> the party's going to end in a minute. Now, you know, everybody's happy, everybody's waving at each other, and you know, you know, you know when the Christmas spirit kick in. Everybody be, you know, opening the door for people and all that. But right after January 1st, <laughs> it's going to go <laughs> go right back to uh, business as usual. Ooh, snap back to reality. Ooh, there goes gravity. Um, so, but if you, if you guys enjoyed yourself, that's a great thing. It should be because you're breathing. We all breathing here. So, uh just want to do a couple of paragraphs today, and I want to actually emphasize the last paragraph that we read um, on on the last call, which uh, he talks about to make a lot of money. I want to talk about that, then I'm going to read another one. Then we'll wrap it up. All right, so he says, to make a lot of money, you will have to decide to become somewhat abnormal. Um, that's why I want to emphasize this part. Because we talked about it at the end of the last call, being abnormal. Uh, because normal people are are rarely successful, and what success they do enjoy is often tainted by their discomfort in life. So, what would we consider a normal person? Here's my opinion of normal. Uh, what we talk about all the time. Um, go through the system. You know, when you come out the womb, you, you're trained and you you heard you get information from your family, your neighbors, and all that kind of stuff, and school teachers and everything. Then the system says, go to school, get a good education. So you do the best you can with that. And then if you're if you able to go to college, then you go to college and get a college degree. Some people go off to the military, and some people just go get a good job at the plant or something, you know, work somewhere at FedEx or something, get a great job. And then, you know, what normal people should do, I don't think a lot of normal people are doing, uh, is that you should save some money, you know, they say that's the system. Work hard for 30, 40 years. Um, then you retire. You stop working, hopefully, if you can. 
And, you know, that's when they say you should walk the beaches of the world. Now, between that time, normal people also, if they want to make additional money, they go get a part-time job. Or if they want to make additional money, they go get a degree, master's or Ph.D. or whatever. <clears throat> Even though they're in the process, they're getting back in debt again. That's, you know, depends on if somebody's paying for it. But, okay, so you got another degree. Um, go to the biggest church in town if you go to church. And, uh, you know, enjoy your sporting events. That's pretty normal. That's That's the status quo. That's what most people do. And like you said now, um, normal people rarely are successful. And what success they do enjoy is often tainted by their discomfort in life. So now you could talk to some of them and they'll swear, well, I'm, I'm successful, you know, but that's a – and I'm, I see, I can't sit here and just say everybody's like that across the board, but a lot of people, that's just a, a cover-up of the pain that they have that they don't want to admit is not trying other things and not risking other things because that's what normal people do. Normal people stay normal. They don't they don't get out of line. They don't do anything. They don't attempt anything. A home-based business to a normal person is insane. Starting a home-based business to a, doing anything outside of what I just said is insane because it's not normal. That's not what you heard all your life and that's not so it's crazy. But as he says in the book, to make a lot of money, you're going to have to be abnormal. <laughs> See, a lot of normal people, too, have accepted that, and they'll say this is their favorite line. Money ain't everything. Well, everybody, nobody's saying it is everything, but it's a lot. Because, <laughs> you know, one thing about it, it seems to be everything because everywhere you go, they want money. I mean, everywhere, even church. So it's got to be everything almost. You know what I'm saying? There's not too many places you can go where they don't want money. So we can go to the park. Well, you're paying taxes on that park now, so they get money from you out of your taxes. You know, <laughs> any other place you go to the store, uh, they want some money. You go buy clothes, they want some money. You go to the grocery store, they want some money. You go get a car, they want some money. You go get a anything, they want some money. So it almost seems like money is everything. It really does. But, you know, that's what people say. Money ain't everything. Um, but that's a, a person that, that just going to be normal. But if, in order for you to, to be financially successful, you're going to have to be uh, abnormal. You know how with Seal, the, the songwriter says, and you got to be a little crazy? you got to be looked at as a little crazy. I put it that way. It might not be crazy in reality, but when you're outside of the, nor the, the normal things that people do, which I gave you a list of, and y'all probably can add some more in if you want to text me some more things that normal people do. Um, but to be abnormal is where you're going to find your major success in when it comes to finances, doing what most people won't do. Now, the problem with that is, it's challenging because people just don't want to step outside like that because you get ridiculed. You get talked about. That's why I say we live in a uh, a cult, C-U-L-T, America's a cult, because, you know, you're trained to do certain things, and when you stop doing those certain things or attempt to do something else, now you looked at as the bad guy or you looked at as the crazy person because you're outside of those 
rules and regulations that uh, we kind of raised under. So, normal people rally rally successful, and what success do they they do enjoy is often tainted by their disconfident life. So when they make a pile of cash, it is usually uh, it is usually to them, and in fact, it often traps them deeper within the ghetto of the mind when they make more money. By abnormal, I don't mean becoming a weirdo, but merely that you take on the abundance consciousness that is different from why, why, the way most people think. What you are trying to do is change the way you feel and operate, not only from a monetary point of view, but also an all-around spiritual, physical point of view from which you approach life. You are trying to become a truly independent being. Abundance is one aspect uh, of that independence. Uh, as you incorporate money, make it into your money, make it into your spiritual quest. It takes on a added impetus. Just making money for the sake of making it can become vapid and boring. But when your financial success is linked to your spiritual desire for true independence, then your money making efforts take on a kind of holiness. So it comes kind of spiritually, and when you in your when your desire is to come up with, to become truly independent, then your money-making efforts take on a kind of holiness, kind of spiritual type thing. He says, now, people often miss that point. It comes back to, to the point made earlier that people tend to think that money is not spiritual. This is because, now, here, here come a point here. Let me sip my coffee right quick. <laughs> Here's a point here that I know maybe shook a few people. Uh, if you read this part, if you got down to this part, it's on page 67. <clears throat> Hopefully y'all passed way past 67, but um, I'm at the bottom of the page. So this this is because, uh, especially in the olden days, uh, the religions taught that poverty was holy and that wealth was not. Poverty was holy. I know growing up in the church that I was in and some of the other churches, you know, now, they didn't say it, but it was implied. It was implied that, you know, you're spiritual and holy if you had poverty, if you're in poverty on this earth. I know some of y'all going to say, well, no. But then the same people who say no, you have a problem with the prosperity preachers also who say that is that is not spiritual to be broke. So y'all kind of in, in the middle there almost. <laughs> But that was programmed in us at a young age. So years ago, when all the major religions were getting started, now this is where I know some people are going to get a little shook. Society was made up of the kings, the, the landed gentry, and then everybody else. The religions needed members to survive. They had to have members. So they naturally had to appeal to the common folk, which they still do now, most of whom were desperately poor. So, in order to win the affection of the masses, poverty poverty had to be made okay. It had to be better than okay, he says. The poor would ask, hey, how come your God lets me starve? There was no decent answer to that, so the religions promised the poor a special place in heaven which was a bit simpler than trying to figure out how to fix everyone's desperate circumstance. Now, 
Yeah, I might want to deny this, but y'all know that's the truth. That part there's the truth because now, because I know growing up, that's all I heard was, um, man, I'm going to get mine in the sweet by and by. I mean, you were struggling on the earth. You were struggling right then. And they said, well, you know, when I'm when I'm gone, I'm going to be walking on the streets of gold. You got a place for me that I can be laid up all day, almost like I'm going to be chilling, watching TV, and walking the streets of gold and just eating good. But right now, I'm going to suffer. Right now, you know, poverty is okay, but, you know, I'm going to get mine in the sweet by and by. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people still saying that. But... Think about that like how Malcolm X said, if I got to follow God that wants me to get mine, I won't get mine now, like everybody else. But that's a that's a programming that we've had. That's a, something that we were taught that, ooh, that just rattles our cage there. I know for some of y'all, if some of y'all hadn't already hung up the phone or you skipped over that part because programming and conditioning is hard to break because we've heard all our life that that's how it's supposed to be. And now I'm sitting here telling you something different. No, the the author of this book is telling you something different. I'm just reading from the information. And this is just thought-provoking stuff that you got to have. So when you you want to, you want because you want to look at the whole picture here, you know, when it comes to, to business and life and everything else. He says, now, if you look at the planet, Ooh, we don't know if I want to read that. Let me see. Some of y'all should have already read it. <laughs> let me skip down here. To, I'll let y'all. Um, all right, he says here, understand this. You know, the, to see if you don't hear me say this all the time. That for most part, all the things you were taught as true that you hold so dearly in your consciousness are probably two-thirds or four-fifths ludicrous. Remember I said, I always say that most of the stuff we were programmed with is not even true. That stuff, but we believe it because we didn't question anything. We didn't, all our thoughts and everything that we think all the time is stuff that we, it, it ain't even true. But that's what we know to say and that's what we know to do and that's how we know how to think because that's what we heard at a young age and we heard it so much that it become <clears throat> programmed in us. That's how they can pick and build prisons based on third, fourth graders and how they actually read and what they do and how they operate uh, because they know that the programming in the third and the fourth grade and the fifth grader is going to be there forever because that's the most fertile time in life to get your information. After that, it's kind of hard for people to learn a lot of stuff. So what you learn at that point, anything else, if you notice, if you really look at the school system, anything else is not really learning. It's just passing the test. So you get enough information to pass that test on Friday or whatever, but you hadn't learned the information. Look, I passed Spanish. I didn't learn Spanish. But I, <laughs> I passed the test, and that's pretty much what happens throughout the world now. Your learning doesn't, you're not learning, you're just passing a few tests, and now you think you've learned something. Uh-uh. What they know is what was programmed in you at an early age is what you learned. That's what's in you now. Everything else is just passing a test. Y'all got to feel me on that. <laughs> he says, however, that the dwaddle and the weakness you took on is a gift for it allows you to climb. 
It gives you a challenge to go beyond within the difficulty of a fractured consciousness. You can transcend and change so that your life becomes an expression of massive energy. Your pleasure in being on a quest gives you a reason for living, which, of course, is a lot different from just surviving. Thinking big and thinking rich will help you go beyond the poverty of the world. But it isn't all that you're going to need. See, thinking that way and, you know, feeling that way and all that, that ain't it. I mean, that ain't all you need. To really develop financial power, you will probably have to exist in a reality that is separate from the status quo. Now, don't you hear me say that all the time, too? You have to separate from the status quo. The people that are operating the status quo, you have to because there's no way possible you can operate in that world and this world. And that's the biggest thing with most people. We don't want to separate from that because everybody we know is in the status quo. You know, you ever heard them say as you start getting higher and higher and climbing higher, it's kind of lonely. It is because there's not that many people climbing like this, not that many people separating themselves from those thoughts, not that many people not being around those people. The status quo is vested in with keeping you and the rest of the world in line. You have to break out of that line. When they say come up from out of there, you have to break out of that line. (laughs) You have to break out of that line. You know, and as I read this, and I think more and more as I emphasize that, that's why I say you have to do more than just get on the book club call or the mindset call. It has to be this stuff like this, the this, this stuff that you're reading, the thoughts that we have, it has to be, become a part of your life because only way you can break up out of it is that you hear it a lot. And the way it becomes a part of your life is that you have to, you know, spend some time you know, working on the inside of you, you know what I'm saying, you know, because it's dark in there, it's scary in there dealing with yourself. you got to spend some time uh, without somebody standing over you that you, you know, developing your mindset and working on yourself to get better because that's the only way it's going to happen. You can't just do this and be done with it, and that's a lot of people do that. You know why a lot of people, you know why y'all do this? Because we say to you all kind of like a, like a, we give you like, kind of like uh the things that you should do. So you do these things. But it's like um, take a football team and take some of the best players uh, in the world. If you interview them, all right, if you interview them, I promise you this is what you're going to find out. Most of them that are the best players in the world, they get there early and they stay late. So that means, now what we tell you to do, you know, we tell you that you have to be at practice from, from you know, 10 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the evening. The best players get there at 8. And then after 4, when they leave, they stay and practice some more. And watch this. Not only that, the best players, when they go home, they're watching film of the games, of the teams they're going to play, they're watching footage of practice. They're 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 talking football. They're doing they're doing way more than just going to practice. See, they're doing way more than just getting on a conference call. 
and listening and taking notes. They do away the best are making it a part of their life. So when you see them on the field and you see them looking like Superman and doing so well, it's because they have put the time into it to become that. Some of them are talented now, but everything else that they put the extra work in, they have become uh it's become a part of them. I told you, you know, back in the day me and my partner had a sports agency and we we actually uh now I think I told this story before, we actually recruited this one guy who he was the fastest guy in the state of Alabama at the time. Matter of fact he went to Auburn, played wide receiver, and uh he went second round. He wanted to go he thought he was gonna go first round, but he he went to a smaller college. He actually left Auburn and went to Troy because Troy allowed him to run track and play football. Auburn wouldn't do that. And he was one of them guys that was just, you know, he just, he, he just <laughs> stuck on himself. I put it that way. He's a good guy, though, nice guy. But I remember he was upset he didn't go in the first round, but he went in the second round, which is phenomenal to go, you know, out of all the players in the world to go second round. So he went to the Jets. And I remember um, talking with him, you know, off and on, and I would, you know, I could tell that he wasn't doing, he wasn't putting in the grind. Fastest guy in the state of Alabama, he, was, he had one of the fastest guy times at the combine. But this other guy, <laughs> this real slow white guy named, I want to say his name was Wayne Krebeck, something like that, played wide receiver for the Jets. He wound up beating him out of his position. And I remember talking to one of the coaches and asking, he said, man, this dude don't, Soon as practice over, he out of here. He comes to practice late. He's not doing anything after work. He's not putting in the time. He's not working on himself. He's just trying to live off of whatever, you know, that's suggested that you do. And this other guy, he was there early. He was there late. He was he was at home doing other stuff. See, what I'm saying to you all is anything that you want to do in life, it has to be a part of your life. You can't make it – it has to be a part of you. You can't make it just a – you know, uh, you know, like you do at the job. You, you know, once you pull out the parking lot, don't call me about nothing else, and I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. That ain't how this works for you to be successful. And that's how some people do. Like some of y'all are probably just doing the holidays right now. You just ain't doing nothing. You know, it's kind of like it doesn't work that way. I'm just giving you some input on what it takes to be, you know, successful. You got to make it a part of your life in anything you do. And I just gave you example of sports. And this guy, man, is, uh, I don't know what he's doing now, but I know the potential he had, the talent that he had. He didn't do what he was supposed to. He didn't, he didn't do the extra work. And this other guy was slow as I don't know what. But he put in extra work and played for years in the league. Probably, you know, that money is taking care of his family now. So... It's it's everything that you do. It's everything counts, and you have to be. You have to do that. You have to, you know. Everything counts. You can't. <laughs> we you can't treat it like you know. I'm jumping into the job. You know how you, you know, some of y'all when you leave work, don't call me, don't talk to me, and I ain't got nothing to do with that. I ain't, I'll be back tomorrow. That's how some of y'all when you get off this call, you know, you don't. You don't make it a part of your life because 
in order for you to win, you're going to have to do that. And that's what successful people do. You know, people talk about Tom Brady. Um, and you listen to him and talk with him. What he's doing, he just, you know, he does it. Like, he gets there early, stays late, been doing it. He's 40-some years old, still doing it, still watching film. Ray Lewis, uh, you know, it's a video clip I played one time on Facebook with him and um, – uh, Ed Reed, the safety, would watch film all the time, and they would show you on the film where he said, Ed, so I learned from Ray that that's what he did when he went home. I would talk to Ray, what you doing, watching film? What you doing, watching film? So Ed said, well, I started watching film. Now, they were the only two teams, and the, they were the only team in the NFL that had a back-to-back defensive player of the year, defensive MVP, was Ed Reed one year and Ray Lewis the next year. And both of those guys would tell you, that everything they did after practice is what made them better than what they, how they lived their life doing this stuff. Because he, he said, I would call Ray, what you doing? Watching film? He'd call him again, what you doing? Why did he say, after the third time, he said, well, <laughs> I guess that's what I should be doing. He said, yeah. He said, we've been saying that. He said, but I, you know. So then he started watching film, and he's telling the guys, he's like, man, this is, I'm telling y'all right now. He, he says, I'm telling y'all, this is what it is right here. We have watched this stuff so much that when we see it on the field, it's like we already know. And see, the people who win in business, now, you know, some of y'all want to go and find one or two people that don't operate that way. And it's good. That, that's your excuse that make you feel good about you not doing it. Go ahead. You can do that. But the people who truly win in business and life, they do this stuff. They make it their part of their life. They make it a part of their thing. They do it, man. That's what they do. They lived it. That's it. So that extra time they doing and that extra time they putting in that you're not, you're not going to have that. And you wonder, you think, well, they got lucky or something. No. Can you find somebody who got lucky? Yeah. Can you, you, whatever you search for, you can do. You can go out there and find two or three people right now that probably making money that's not doing some of the things that suggested probably, you know. But I wouldn't operate that way. I wouldn't live my life trying to do it that way. You know what I'm saying? I would do, you know, what you see most of the successful people do, meaning they put the time into it. All right, folks, that's it. That's all she wrote. The pen and the pencil broke. The day is the day after Christmas, man. So let's do it. Have a little fun this morning. I spent a lot of money, so <laughs> ain't giving away a lot today. Let me see what I'm going to do. I got, uh, so I got three movies, Christmas movies. And then I think I got, I think I got one song. So we got four. So there's ten dollars each that you go to Subway with, <laughs> or you can go to, uh, you know, Waffle House. Everybody don't have a Waffle House though. Or you can go to wherever you want to go with that. All right. So you got my text six seven eight six four 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 five four one. I'm gonna play the clip here, and you gotta tell me the name of the movie. <laughs> The name of the movie. Now, whoever gets this, I'm gonna be like, mm-hmm. I figured you would. I figured that. I figured that would be your favorite movie. <laughs> I had to count. Now, these are all Christmas movies. <laughs> so, all right, here's the first one. How old are they? You want cookies? No. Warm milk? No. Should I fix you some sandwiches? 
Oh, let me fuck sandwiches. What is it with you fixing fuck sandwiches? Okay. Do you want anything else? No. <laughs> Why did I know you was going to text me, Mark? Let me see. Why did I know that? <laughs> Probably one of your favorite movies, huh? <laughs> now, you know I had to work hard just to find that one. <laughs> just to find that clean version there, so... But yeah, that's Bad Santa. If y'all hadn't watched Bad Santa, that is hilarious, man. But you got to be ready because he, that Santa has a foul mouth. <laughs> but Bad Santa is hilarious if you could deal with his mouth. All right, so Mark got ten on that. <laughs> All right, so this should be an easy one too. So let's go with this one. Wow! What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. <laughs> okay. Okay, right. people. Hold on. So... <laughs> Faith and, and um, LaVonda came in at the same time. Then now Roy's coming behind me. Nope, <laughs> you can't get that. So I'm going to split it with Faith, Faith and uh, and uh, LaVonda. So there'll be $5 each, but it's called Elf, the movie Elf. <laughs> I wasn't that funny to me. That whole movie was kind of funny, but it wasn't as funny. Uh, watched that a while back, but. All right, so here's the last movie. So, oh, yeah, we're going to split that. Whoever, y'all taking down my uh, numbers here, uh, we're going to split that, five and five. With uh, Okay, there we go. All right, here we go. Now, this this is a classic here, so I'm sure everybody's going to get this one. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, poor, flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey... Oh, I had to stop that. Faith got that right away. <laughs> when he opened that check and he saw it with no money in there for real. <laughs> that was uh, uh, Christmas Vacation, man. That's a that's a hilarious movie there with um, Chevy Chase. And they was, you remember they was all at the house waiting on that bonus check to come that comes every year? <laughs> and when he opened it up, it's like, dang. <laughs> All right, so Faith got that one. All right, so the last one, I'm going to do a song. This is not a Christmas song. This is a song I just, you know, <laughs> this, is a, this is an Atlanta song here, yeah, boy. If you're in Atlanta, you know this song. But Mark might know this song, too. I hate it. Y'all can't. I'm going to have to bench Mark because if he get this one, well, I know he's going to get it. Y'all better be quick on your, get, get, get quick on your fingers here because this, <laughs> this is one of my favorite ones. And all I can say is rest in peace to my man. 
But we're gonna wrap it up with this one. Alright? You gotta name the you gotta name the song and the artist. Alright, Atlanta people, you better be ready. Don't let Mark in Chicago beat y'all to the punch. Here we go. Hey. Y'all let Mark beat y'all to the punch again, man. Y'all be shaking yourself. <laughs> y'all know who Shawty Lowe is? Rest in peace. Bankhead Shawty Lowe. Man, come on. Y'all, y'all got to can't let Mark in Chicago beat y'all to the punch. But I've been wanting to hear Shawty Lowe anyway, man. So since the day after Christmas, hello. <laughs> they know. They know. Hello. Hey! 